Welcome to Beauty Uncut, the podcast. I'm Shania. I'm Kayla. And I'm Ian. And we're here to bring a new perspective to beauty. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Guys, exciting news. What's that? I officially moved house on the weekend. Yay! So good. Finally. So good. So good. How is it? It's great. Now you don't have to hear me. (laughs) Are you going to have a housewarming? No. Why not? Because I don't want to clean up after people. <laughs> we'll, we'll help clean up after ourselves. We can yeah. have the housewarming here. <laughs> On that note, we should actually have a Beauty Uncut like official launch. I know we're like third season mm. in, but wouldn't it be so fun to have a party? Yeah, I think so. I think we didn't really know how it was going to take off, you know, exactly. and, and the listenership has grown so much. And yeah. we know a DJ now Mr. who could Wang. DJ the party. DJ Wang. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, we've Absolutely. been talking about it for a while. <laughs> Well, stay tuned. We'll keep you posted. Yeah. Well, today's topic is my favorite thing, skin. And we'll be talking about skin through the ages. So your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, I guess your 60s too, I guess. <laughs> um, and we'll be talking about like skincare, like what's going on within the skin, non-surgical options and even surgical options as well that you can have. Yeah, I think that's good. I think this is another big, broad topic it's going to be hard to narrow down, you know, where to start. But I guess we'll start from the start with your your 20s. That's me and Shania. <laughs> Yay. So in your 20s, these are the years that you start to deplete your collagen. At a rapid rate. That is terrifying. It's interesting because <laughs> you're long gone. I don't, know, I, don't, I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but everyone I speak to, they're like, oh, and when I'm 25, when I turn 25, it's all downhill from there and they can just feel it. There's something that changes. Did you guys, are you even 25 yet? No, my birthday is <laughs> this year. She hasn't felt it yet. So it's keep coming. you guys posted. <laughs> I mean, I'm very self-critical. So probably like I feel like I've started to like, sag a little bit here you know (laughs) bit bit jowly bit jowly yeah feel it in my body as well I feel I actually said this I feel like my ankles are super weak Mm. I said this today yeah yeah that happened in your 20s I I I think that's that's something beyond your skin (laughs) skin changes (laughs) no but I know but as your body ages is this something that happens like your ankles go (laughs) oh yeah I mean not specifically but you know it's general wear and tear so as we age we just build up this level of chronic inflammation to yeah. the point where things start to break down. And obviously the skin's the first one where we're seeing it in yeah. starting from the 20s. Yeah. So collagen is a protein that basically gives your skin its elasticity, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so as that declines, we start to go down. <laughs> Starts to sag a little bit. Yes. Yes. We also still have hormonal fluctuations. So we have increased oil production, which means... Obviously, we're still getting hormonal acne and things like that. And then what else do we have, guys? Slower cell turnover. So Mm -hmm. our skin cells aren't exfoliating as quickly as well. So, again, build up of dead skin cells. Our skin start to look a bit sluggish and a bit dull. We're going to start to get those fine lines happening as well. Yeah. So let's talk about what skincare we can start to incorporate in our 20s. So if you're not already on a skincare routine which you should be non-negotiables are obviously your cleanser moisturizer and spf but i think we can start incorporating more active so niacinamide vitamin a and vitamin c as well 
Agreed. I think I was going to jump in and say that niacinamide is like the number one ingredient that I love putting all my dermal clients on. For sure. Helps to regulate oil, helps with keeping your skin hydrated, reducing inflammation. And also, is it an antioxidant? Yeah, it is. Yeah. So obviously helps to protect the skin against free radical damage. So Free radical damage is from can be from environmental aggressors, which changes the DNA in your skin. I would even say for someone who's listening to this and might want to be starting on a skin routine in this age bracket, I would say to even start on the niacinamide and then eventually once their skin is kind of built up and strong and able to kind of take on the more stronger ingredients like the C and A, then start incorporating it slowly. So like introducing the C in the morning and then the A at, a night, at night time. Yeah. And I think that comes back to skin cycling as well. This is probably the perfect time to start that base skin cycling where mm. you're cycling through your ingredients, you're not using them every single night because you don't really need to in your early 20s, yeah. but you need to start incorporating those actives. For sure. That's a good point. And that was one of the questions that I had was, and you sort of answered it already with in your 20s, what's most important as far as actives to use? And does that change from decade to decade as to which one is on top or are you always prioritizing? I feel like it changes in the strength. So for example, vitamin A, you have different strengths. You've got like 0.51, but it also depends on the base that they're in. So I would say when you're in your 20s, you're going to start off on a more gentle retinol. And then when you're getting older, you're going to change in strengths as well. And what about someone coming into their 20s who's had a lot of issues as a teen or, you know, going through puberty with acne and they've obviously, they probably have been on some active treatments or antibiotics, other things. Does that change your advice for someone in their twenties coming out of the severe acne? Again, I think it really, it depends person to person. So if you have someone that still has acne, you're obviously going to prioritize like your salicylic acid and your retinols over say a vitamin C. And then if someone's got pigmentation, you're going to probably prioritize your vitamin C and vitamin A. But I think it really just depends on the client. But I think, as we said, the basis is introducing those actives in your 20s is a good idea. Yeah, I agree. I think even going back to the ingredients and kind of getting them used to it, we've spoken about it before, I think, in skin cycling. Refer back to the episode. I forgot which one it was in season one. But even when they introduce these actives, doing something like the vitamin A on top of their moisturizer at night, even just starting once a week, they might only need that once a week or two times a week. But it's just kind of getting their skin used to it, kind of going up in age because they're going to have to use it more often. Did you use any skincare in your 20s? I probably didn't. You know, I think when I was in my 20s, I see your eyes just like widening. (laughs) I'm I'm pretty sure when I was in my 20s, I was buying my, like I used a cleanser. Yeah. But I would buy it from Woolies. Yes. So it was, uh, that was the level of education I had about Mm. skincare at the time. Did you wear SPF? Occasionally. How is your skin so good? (laughs) I actually think my skin would be horrific if I didn't start using, you know, skincare in my early 20s. I think I'm I'm pretty lucky from that perspective because genetically, Mm, you know, your skin's predisposed to a certain way. And I think I have neglected it for many years. (laughs) And so I'm lucky I've been able to sort of rein it back and, and improve it even at this Elderly age. (laughs) So elderly. So elderly. I think that's important to note as well. It's, we'll probably delve into it a little bit down the track, but it's never too late to start. Yeah. You can always improve what you have. That's a wholesome take home message. No no problem. Stop it. I'm going to (laughs) cry. Put that on a t shirt. Quote Kayla. Be you merch. Yes. Let's talk about treatments for your 20s. Mm -hmm. I think focusing on 
building up your barriers very important doing something like your regular peels I think is really important that's like a kind of baseline or like enzyme therapies just to kind of build up the health of the skin as well I think is probably my two main things yeah I would say health of the skin for sure again going back to what their concern is obviously in your 20s I feel like you're still battling with hormonal issues and acne so if you have acne obviously regulating the skin but I would say dermapen I think dermapen is a great treatment to start in your 20s we always talk about Morpheus A and face and things like that but I think those are treatments for down the line and if you haven't done anything in your 20s I think dermapen is a great collagen induction therapy to start yeah, agreed. I love Dermapen. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people that come in for skin treatments and we get them on t- to the Dermapen, they always ask, okay, how many treatments am I going to need of Dermapen? And they expect, you know, having a package of four and then they're going to be great for the rest of their life. But yeah. I always say like, you're going to need this maybe every like second month. Yeah. Or even doing a course and yeah. then kind of doing that yearly and then you might be putting off surgeries like a facelift when you're 40. Yeah, I agree. I think that's the thing with with any treatment though. People want to know how many times they have to do it and then, and that's it. And I think everything that you do to your body because your body's continuously changing requires maintenance. So I don't think there's ever really any stopping if you want to keep a result or even, you know, basically freeze yourself where you are (laughs) wait I can't freeze the way I look (laughs) what about you guys could probably both answer this because you have experience but anti-wrinkle dermal fillers do you recommend getting those in your 20s or do you think waiting a bit the way that I personally treat is that I am never going to suggest anything to someone who doesn't come to me with concerns so I'll always treat their concerns. And usually, as we said earlier, during this time frame in your 20s, you're starting to see those fine lines, for example, in your forehead, in your frown. And so we can do something like a preventative anti-wrinkle. So just little baby doses in those areas just to prevent those lines from getting worse and indenting into the skin because that's a lot harder to treat when you're older rather than preventing it while you're young. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. And I think the, the concepts known as prejuvenation, mm-hmm. where you don't have the lines yet, but you want to weaken that muscle just enough so that it doesn't burn that line into your, your skin, essentially. So I think, again, if people don't want it at that age, they certainly don't need it. But if you want to do everything that you can, then that can certainly be something that helps. Yeah. Do you have any other tips for your 20s? Not really, because in, in the 20s, I think people are still going through a lot of hormonal changes. You know, people still, it's it's almost like an extension of that puberty period where they might have excess oil or excess dryness. Usually it's excess oil. Things like rosacea sometimes are an issue at that age too. But I think it just has to be taken individually. For sure. Some lifestyle tips for your 20s. I think, you know, everyone's in their party era in their 20s. Mm -hmm. So hydrating as much as you can, prioritizing sleep. I think people forget about how important sleep and lack of stress is in your skin. So I think those are two things that we should probably prioritize. Yeah, I think like even trying to focus on your gut health as well in your 20s is a good idea because I feel like during that era – you kind of just let go a little bit most you of the eat time. Eat whatever you want, carbs <laughs> all day, booze all night. And it really know. affects your skin. Same thing as, you know, with not getting enough sleep and things yeah. like that. So, And that's something I think people don't think about 
even me, and I don't know about you guys, but I don't think about gut health enough now and the microbiome and how that affects literally everything. Mm-hmm. I'd like to do a podcast on it sometime. I think should, But yeah. I think that would be really interesting for people to know how much it, it does affect. And when it comes to lifestyle you know, choices and changes for your health, in the 20s, that's probably the time when you're least concerned about that. And, you know, doing everything that you shouldn't be. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And you think, you know what, that's future me's problem. So, but then it catches up to you and then you're like, shit, wish I did something before (laughs) it all caught up to me. Yeah, exactly. Then it's like, oh, I look 50 and I'm only 25. And yeah. Are you hinting that we look 50 or? Uh, well, Shania's 47. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm 50 <laughs> and you're 25. <laughs> yeah. No, I was going to go back to that saying, I guess what I see in non-surgical is a lot of people coming in at, let's say their thirties and forties and they have these concerns and they already know what those concerns have come from. They're like, when I was younger, I didn't even think about skincare. I didn't even think about, you know, your hormones, gut, sunscreen, everything. As well. Yeah. So very important. All right. Skin in your 30s. I feel like this is the age that people really start to see a change within the skin. And it is probably terrifying for everyone I haven't quite reached it but I know for a fact I'll be going through a midlife crisis in my 30s and I think that's because that's when you see yeah the most change within the Mm. skin you're seeing more fine lines and wrinkles sagging of the jowl area everything's just you know starting to happen I also think this is the the age when people go in two different directions like this is where someone is going to maintain their youthfulness or, or seem or appear to age slower and then there's those people when they hit their mid thirties and everything just kind of falls apart. And, yeah. and you say, you know, you see them at your 10 or 20 year reunion and you're like, oh, they aged badly. <laughs> and by the way, there's nothing wrong with aging. Aging gracefully is great, but I think the industry that we're in, we're probably a little bit more conscious of it. I think the, the term aging gracefully, I just want to talk about for a second because people get the wrong idea. I think, you know, everyone obviously is aging. But, and everyone wants to look their best as they're aging. But I think people feel that doing any sort of intervention, whether it's skincare, whether it's anti-wrinkle or filler, they think all of it's bad because you're, you're making an effort. But I don't see making an effort as a bad thing. Me either. I think it's self-care. Agree. And then one other thing I wanted to jump on is I feel like, especially I think your generation and maybe just slightly less is, you obviously never really wore sunscreen. You baked yourselves in coconut oil. And I see that in your 30s is when your pigmentation starts to pop up. So pigmentation, skin laxity, thinning of the skin, fine lines and wrinkles is all starting to happen in your 30s. Do we agree on that? Yeah, for sure. So skincare. Again, I think we've kind of touched on that in your 20s. I reckon increasing your retinol. Vitamin C, really good to start incorporating for you know, environmental protection and prevent free radical damage. Vitamin A, increasing it to a stronger retinol. Even looking at maybe some at-home treatments, at-home care, really focusing on what treatments you're getting in clinic, which I, I think that the maintenance is very important. So your peels, your dermapen, but even maybe starting to look into, for example, your Morpheus or RF treatments where you can, you know, prejuvenate your skin for the later years. And what do you think, you mentioned the home treatments. What are things that you would recommend doing at home or other things that you'd recommend only doing in clinic? That's a great question. Mm -hmm. 
at home, I would say like your is clinical active pill system. I think that's a great treatment to incorporate in your late 20s, early 30s. It's easy. It's something you can do at home and it deeply exfoliates the skin. Yeah, that's pretty much what came to my mind when I was thinking at home treatments, even at home, like enzyme masks, yeah, like or the print one. For sure. Or even like hydrating masks. So in your thirties, mm. you start to become a little bit drier. Your oil starts drying up a little bit. So I would say incorporating more hydrating products or hydrating masks into your routine. I think, correct me if I'm wrong too, but a lot of people that have oily skin think that they need to not use moisturizer Oh my God! because yeah. their skin's already too oily, but it actually can make it worse. Is that Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And generally someone who has an oilier skin, if they're not moisturizing, it can impair the barrier, which can increase that oil production. So making you more oilier. One of the other, I guess when I asked that question about at-home treatments, one of the things I was thinking of was the LED masks. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can go to a clinic and you can have an LED treatment or you can buy a mask and do it at home. What are your thoughts on, on those? At-home masks are a little bit controversial and I would say that I don't know enough personally about LED home masks to give a great opinion. But if you listen to one of our episodes in season two where we speak with Nick from Latronic, the difference in having an at-home LED and in-clinic LED is completely different. I still think there are some benefits to having an LED at home. You just need to be using it every day and just have realistic expectations. I think it's still going to do something. Well, I hope anyway. Yeah, I think I had a client ask that question the other day and I actually looked into it and there's so many at-home LEDs on the market. And in reality, a lot of those probably don't do anything. So I suggest if you are going to get one, invest in a good one. I think there's really not many TGA, FDA approved on the market. I do know that the Omnilux is FDA and TGA approved. And I think the Dr. Dennis Gross apparently is quite good as well. So I I agree. I think it's something that people can do, but I still think you should have your in-clinic treatments as well. Another thing that I forgot to mention is an eye cream. So in my, I personally don't use an eye cream, like sue me, but I think (laughs) in your thirties, you should really start to use an eye cream And remembering to bring your products from your neck down to your decolletage as well, even onto your hands, I think that's super important in your 30s. True. Yeah, I agree. I think um, eye creams are so overlooked and I think there is a lot on the market. So I think finding a really good quality one is definitely worth it. Yeah. I think the eye cream was one of the first products that I started using regularly when when we started the the podcast. Yeah, I remember this. It it is clinical. (laughs) Uh, I yeah, yeah, yeah. That and the neck perfect, I feel like have been two of your mm. saviors. Like, obviously, like I look at like sitting across me right now, I can see your neck, and I can see mm. that the fine lines on your neck have significantly decreased. Yeah, and that's another thing is you can tell when someone has used skincare on their face, but not Come down on. to their neck or yeah. neck or hands. And realistically, you should be using everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I whenever I finish putting on my products, I always just instinctively rub it on my hands. You're such a um, good boy. (laughs) (laughs) We've taught you well. (laughs) Yeah. Treatments. So we said Morphe SA and face for sure. Why do you think RF treatments are great to do in your 30s? We spoke about the whole collagen loss and RF treatments are a great way to induce that collagen and also almost start to tighten up the skin. So it really depends on what modality you are using. But especially, as you said, in this age bracket, we are starting to see more of these signs of aging. (laughs) 
And so RF is a great modality to start using because you're literally treating a lot of those conditions that you're starting to see. Yeah, and I think it simply comes down to having to do something a little bit more aggressive than simply skincare or even just peels. And RF as a technology, I really like because it is safe and effective. And I think it's the best combination of those two. There's very little negative that can happen because of RF. All right. Damofil is an anti-wrinkle. I feel like this is the age group that people typically start to get these treatments done. Well, I guess, you know, as we age, we're starting to go through that brain resorption. We are starting to have a little bit of fat loss in our face. And that depends on the different like pockets of fat that we have in the face. So with dermal fillers, we are able to start replacing that loss of bone structure or that loss of fat in certain areas. So let's say, I I think I see a lot of people starting to lose it, like kind of in this mid cheek area. So just kind of replacing that will just give a nice youthful look. A lot of people are starting to look into the lip fillers as well to just hydrate the lips. It's all about just enhancing, I guess, what you naturally have. I think it's important too with the with say filler treatment specifically, not just to continue filling because you've got ligaments in your face that are holding up those fat pads and and that's what's descending. So if those ligaments remain loose, the filler that you inject is also just going to descend. So you need to focus on tightening up those things, sure those first, deeper structures, yeah. up, you know, at the same time even. Mm. So I, I think certainly in your 30s, both of those need to be addressed. Absolutely. Skin in your 40s. So basically in your 40s, your skin starts to thin and dry out due to the decrease in estrogen. You start to get more of that skin laxity, fine lines, wrinkles, pigmentation, basically just, you know, everything. (laughs) Everything happens. It all, you know, happens in your 40s. It's all just going downhill. (laughs) So again, I would basically have all of the same ingredients as you do in your 20s and 30s, just start to increase them. But then also start looking at DNA repairing ingredients. Yeah, I think... First thing that I think about is, you know, is clinical products. They have amazing technology that have the, oh my God, I'm losing my words today. Extreme enzymes, (laughs) which are amazing technology and ingredient that I think they actually harvest it from this cactus that like grows out in the wilderness. (laughs) I didn't know this. Tell tell me about these We had it on training. But yeah, pretty much it's a really special ingredient that they have. And I don't think- It's patented into them. yeah. No one else has it and they derive it from like a cactus that grows out in like the desert with no like hydration or anything and it just grows on its own. So it's a really cool ingredient. It's like I I saw a product at, I think it was Terry White Chemist or something like that and it claimed to be a (laughs) stem cell cream. That they were selling there. And There's I saw a lot the, of those. I saw the sign and I was like, well, it can't be, first of all. So I, I looked at the box and turns out it was stem cells from plants. Oh. So, I mean, I don't think it's on the same level as what this yeah. clinical does. But I think that's where that idea came from, that plants could, could also help with our... Mm. A lot of plants actually help with our skin. But the difference between like a high-grade cosmeceutical and maybe something from Terry White Chemist is that they take the most potent part of the plant and use that in their 
products, whereas they might take the least potent part. Exactly. It's yes. just like it's a stem cell from a plant, but that's all <laughs> that's, you can say yeah, about it's it. It's not doing much. But yeah, basically the DNA repair ingredients help to repair DNA. They can also help with like precancerous lesions as well and help with aging. Is there any other ingredients that's going to help with that DNA repair? Growth factors? or Oh, no, I don't know of any specific, sorry, ingredients off the top of my head, but I know growth factors also help with aging. I feel like importantly as well, making sure that you're using really high quality products, going back to what we were talking about, I would start throwing away your cosmetics. Yes. I feel like there's kind of no benefit from them as you know, you might see a benefit when you're using it, but when you come off of those products, your skin's just going to be at the, whatever it was before and using good cosmeceutical grade products is really important to actually see a difference and maintain that difference in your skin. Exactly. And I think nowadays with the internet and everything, you know, people are a lot more educated about what's a good product and what to use. So it's not just (laughs) falling into the marketing trap of, oh, this is such and such ingredient from anyone, you know? So they need to actually do some research into who's doing what, where it's sourced from and, and what it can do for you. For sure. So I feel like your 40s in terms of skincare treatments are similar to your 30s, your morphe, say, your fillers and things like that. As a surgical point of view, I feel like this is when a surgical intervention may come into play. So what can you do in your 40s in surgery? So I've actually seen people in their 40s who would be suitable for a facelift. And I think these are the sorts of people, well, first of all, genetically, you know, they're predisposed to, to lack skin in the face, maybe haven't looked after themselves enough. So I would say, yeah, they could have a facelift. Typically, though, if you think your typical 40-year-old, something like a thread lift is going to be more appropriate for them. But the other thing, and I suppose the most common facial surgery in 40-year age group is blepharoplasty, so upper blepharoplasty, where you're starting to get that hooding of the eyelid. I think that's one of the most common things we see with aging as well. Yeah. And then what about Embrace RF? Would you say that typically is best doing in your 30s, 40s or 50s? And what is Embrace RF and what are the benefits? So Embrace RF is a platform by InMode and it contains a couple of different hand pieces known as Face Tight, Body Tight, Morpheus 8. So Morpheus 8 lives on that platform also and it generates RF. But the Face Tight treatment, which we refer to as, as Embrace treatment, is a skin tightening solution. So not only does it heat the skin from below, it also heats the surface and targets the fibroceptal network. So these are little little tiny ligaments under the skin that hold your skin to the deeper structures. And so if you tighten that up, it's like basically restoring the, the snap to a rubber band. And that's gonna give you an overall more refreshed, less saggy appearance, especially in the lower face and neck. Yeah. I do think that that in the 40s, it's great. It's great for that age group, especially for someone who doesn't want to go down the surgical. thread pathway mm-hmm. or the surgical pathway. Uh, it can even benefit people in their 30s as well, but it's on an individual basis, I suppose, at that stage. What age would be most beneficial from like a facelift or a neck lift? I think that most of the, the facelift and neck lift patients are in their late 50s and early 60s. Oh my God, I did not think it was that old. <laughs> I didn't even think that was that old. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. No, no, no. But I thought like the ideal age to get a facelift was your 40s. Like when you turn 40, like bam. Oh, right. No, I, I definitely wouldn't say 40s. I, I think 40s, especially 40-year-olds these days are too young you know maybe 20 years 30 years ago I still think 20 years ago is the 80s (laughs) maybe maybe 40 years ago a 40 year old 
could have a facelift. But nowadays, I'd say, you're, yeah, you're more looking at late 50s, early 60s. Interesting. In your 50s, we generally have, like our skin changes a little bit more because of menopause. So our skin becomes a lot more sensitive, a lot drier. So I think this is when we're going to have to start changing our actual routines in going for like more of a cream cleanser, more hydrating ingredients, more niacinamide, things like that. Yeah, like I was going to say, like even thicker, like moisturizers. Yeah, more nurturing like ingredients yeah. and really looking after the health of your skin again. I think there's a lot of interest in and around the new face creams or, or new facial treatment trends that are coming out. For instance, like stem cell creams and like the bee venom cream that mm. we've talked about, you know, all of these which do have a benefit, but how do you fit them into your normal routine? This is something that I asked Kayla, I don't know when that was, I yeah. sat down and said, I've got all these products. How do I put them together and, and what do I do? What do you do for, for clients who ask that question? We asked to see every single ingredient and we kind of just tailor it to that person. So if you came to me and you're like, I've got this new stem cell product, I would kind of see what base it was in, if it you need to use it in the morning or the night. But typically you would use it after your serums, before your moisturizer. So again, very dependent person to person and what ingredient it is. I was even going to say like it would change during each season as well, like for anyone, but specifically for, I guess, that age as well, where you don't want to be dehydrating an already dry skin. So making sure, for example, in the winter that you're really going in with those thick moisturizers. Yeah, and ceramides, yeah. hyaluronic acid, yeah. things like that. Yeah, I feel like we've covered everything from your 20s to your 30s to your 40s and 50s. Do you have anything to add, Ian? It's a little bit interesting. I mean, as I said to you before, I don't know a whole lot about skin, you know, because it's just something I've never studied. I'd never had a real interest in skin products growing up. I wish I had because I had horrible skin when I was a teenager and I didn't really have anyone to go to for advice there. It was really just, you know, magazines and the supermarket. That's where I could get stuff. So, um, so no, I think it's great that, as I said before, people are learning a lot about this and learning how to take care of their skin from a younger age so that when they get older, they do reduce the need for any of the major surgeries. Absolutely. I agree. All right. Well, I have a hot or not topic. And Ian, I don't know if you're going to have an opinion about this. It might just be Shanara and I talking, but derma planning. I feel like that's common amongst every age group and becoming increasingly popular, which I'm really shocked by. Are you for it or against it? This is a really hard one because I tell my clients that it's, not a good treatment because it's just disrupting that barrier of the skin. But we always talk about <laughs> that we still do it. We Guilty. say, do as we say, not, not as, as we, we do. <laughs> Before we go on, can I just clarify for any listeners who might not be familiar with dermal planning, yeah. is that not just shaving? No. Well, yes. Yes and no. So basically derma planning is using a blade, you know, like your surgical blade where you cut people's skin on. It's basically that. And <laughs> Makes you kind it sound of, so scary. But it is, a, it is yeah. like a blade and you kind of put on a 45 degree angle and you etch it back and forth to remove dead skin buildup and hair on the face. With a razor, I don't believe that it's as close of a shave as the derma plan. It's interesting because it depends on how you shave. So, you know, the if you go and buy a razor from you know, the, the grocery store or whatever, it doesn't get as close as just a blade. Yeah. Some people shave with a what's known as a cutthroat razor yeah. or a single blade, and which is what I do. And yeah. so you actually are getting that same effect. So that's pretty much down. So, so it's basically yeah. the same thing, yeah. Well, yeah. So you shouldn't be shaving your face. So <laughs> I think there's like benefits to it. You know, obviously 
your makeup looks great, you get you have no hair on your face, but no every, benefit to your skin. No benefit to the skin. <laughs> I break out so much. I think, you know, if you're acne prone or if you're a younger skin, not great. No. But I do love it. So probably gonna keep doing it. This is controversial. And and I don't know how you're gonna feel about this, but I, I used to work with a surgeon who was talking about shaving, like men's shaving. And he said, it's basically like we do microdermabrasion to our faces every day by I, shaving. I agree with that, but I also don't love microdermabrasion. And, yeah. and if you're like an old client of mine, I used to actually do dermaplaning and microdermabrasion. But as I become more experienced, I just think it's a harsh exfoliation. Yeah, I agree. I think there's way better things to do. And I think... Men have t- tend to have thicker skins than females anyway. So I think shaving your face is fine. But for us females, we generally have a thinner, more delicate skin. So so take-home messages, unless you have hair there that you want to get rid of. <laughs> no? I definitely have hair there. <laughs> we are hairy girls. So, yeah, we do. But we were actually having this discussion before. There are other things that you can do. Like there's the DMK like enzyme where it basically eats away. It's like away. a pH It's thing, almost like yeah. a near hair removal cream where it eats away it at it and I actually had this done at a clinic and it actually dripped down to the back of my neck <laughs> and it dissolved my hair and I had a bald patch in the back of my hair <laughs> oh my yeah thank god it was the back but that's yeah. another option it's it's a hard one because we're not for it but we still do it yeah. so it's we're kind of we're on that fence we're on the fence but I wanted to go back to the microdermabrasion hit is it hit or quit Hot or not. Hot or not. <laughs> I wasn't sure. So microdermabrasion, hot or not? Not. I, oh. Again, like I just think it's a harsh exfoliation. I think yeah. there's better things out there. And same with like every industry, like things evolve, things become better and mm. we can say goodbye to the other things. Yeah. But I do like a hydrofacial. I do <laughs> think a microdermabrasion on, you know, a teenage skin that have like lots of pores and blackheads is fine. Body yeah. acne, fine. I'm actually like kind of not for it. And going back to what you said before, I feel like as we've grown through the industry and learned a lot more and seen all those other options, I definitely think there's better options out there like the hydrofacial and especially, you know, what you said about someone who's more congested in that area. I feel like hydrofacial is great for that. And it includes, you know, your serums and putting through all of those really nice ingredients through the skin. So I'm actually not for it. So we had two knots. Well, this is interesting because I used to be (laughs) all for microdermabrasion and and I never really thought anything bad about it, but you made a good point just before about how everything is too harsh. Like, Like that's too harsh. I think a lot of people think the harsher I can go, the better it's gonna be, but it's not. It's not. I used to say when I had really bad skin when I was younger, I was like, I wish I just had this acid peel that could just like <laughs> like proactive my, my whole thing up. yeah like like proactive was yeah. huge huge yeah. when I was growing up yeah. yeah I was even gonna say going back to microdermabrasion like with microdermabrasion a lot of the time you're using the same tips you're just like sterilizing them or mm-hmm. things like that with the hydrofacial you're actually using a new tip for every person so it's a lot more safe yeah. and yeah. clean and yeah. less abrasive for sure All right. Well, thanks so much, everyone, for listening to today's episode on Skin Through the Ages. I think it's really useful, this sort of thing for people, no matter what age you are, just to know what you need to be doing, what you can do. And that, as we said before, you can always rescue skin, even if you feel like it's gone too far. 
sure. Well, make sure to follow us on our socials. All the information will be in the description and make sure to leave us a review as well. Five stars only. And we will see you in our next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.